0: Yes, you want to be making sales. You want to be making money. However, you're sorting and sifting those relationships and pre qualifying them at the same time. I don't sell to everybody. Not everybody is your ideal client. Not everybody is my ideal client. So I'm just as much as I'm forming that relationship, it's also essentially an interview. Mm-hmm.
1: Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective and persistence to go on this journey with me and get From experts as well as the experiences of other makers the answers about money marketing and mindsets so that makers become earners earners become founders and founders get freedom and create wealth and thank you so much all for the support this podcast is now ranking nicely on apple in the entrepreneurship category top 200 in san francisco top 60 in germany top 50 in the UK, top 30 in Sweden, top 25 in a tie, top 25 in Italy and top 25 in India. So keep going, rating, show and love, reviewing and subscribing. My guest today is wonderful. Her name is Lois Kofi. Lois is a professional speaker, trainer, coach, Ironman, triathlete that has coached thousands of people in business and healthy lifestyles, creating more in less time over the last 20 years so that they can experience the abundant playground that this world provides. She is a mom of three and is happily married. She herself leads by example, which is the best kind of leadership, only working nine months out of the year and taking three months off, utilizing the tools she shares with her clients. She loves to travel. The whole globe with her family, and has become highly sought after as an expert in recruiting, selling, and developing sales leaders. For, leaders for many companies. Lois, how are you today?
0: I am amazing. How are you?
1: I am glad, honored happy both to have you here and that we're finally in 2021. I mean, it's almost <laughs> as if, <laughs> you know, I saw recently a meme or whatever of a small child looking like they're scared or looking around and saying, uh, is it still 2020 yet? <laughs> so I'm like, sometimes we, uh, we feel that energy that finally this year opens new doors and gives us 365 more opportunities. Lois, to begin and give context, what is the story that made you the Lois of today?
0: I love that. Well, first and foremost, thank you again. That was a beautiful introduction, and I'm so honored here. I'm sitting in in San Diego, California. I don't even know what time it is over there where you are, and I, I, I just love this global community um, that we have now here in 2021, so I'm honored to be here today and share my story. You know, it. It's funny, um, you know, we learn the most, I think, from our failures. And I've had my fair share of those. And I really have a lot of compassion and empathy for people, especially after 2020 and this pandemic that we have found ourselves in. So I'd love to share um, a deeper version of my story, if that's okay, just to, to really connect with your audience that you guys are not alone. Um, and I love what you shared too, that you've, you started over or, or, you know, lost and, and started over, you know, two times. I, I feel like I've probably done it at least four, maybe five times. I'm, I'm 43 now, but when I was 21, I, I got out of college. I went to broadcast journalism school. I had this dream of working for ESPN, which if you don't know ESPN, I mean, it's like the creme de la creme of sports TV, right? And I wanted to be a reporter. And I loved speaking and writing. However, when I got into the industry, I didn't realize how toxic um, it was, and it was it was pretty pretty intense. Like they wanted me to work nights and weekends, and then they wanted me to work overnights. And I was starting to see, and even just the first few months. Where my health was was starting to feel compromised and people were like, Lois, you need to get out. You need to to go live life. You have so much going for you. And they saw something in me that I, I maybe didn't quite see in myself. And I actually was very impressionable. I said, you know what, I'm going to quit. So I quit my first job out of college with no income. And I was fortunate. I, I came out of college pretty much debt free. I, I I paid my own way. My parents didn't support me on any level. So I had to be independent. I had to figure it out and find solutions. And, and I got it done. However, when I got into that situation, I was I was like, huh, I wonder what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You know, you would go to college for one thing, and then you're not so sure it's really what you want to do. It, it can be Um, Alarming, Um, And so when I I talked to some friends and they said, hey, my my son's in real estate. Why don't you go talk to him? He's looking for a virtual or not a virtual assistant. Um, He's looking for an assistant. So he hired me for 10 bucks an hour, um, which wasn't still maybe isn't a lot of money, but it was it was some cash. And he saw in me the ability to talk to people. I talked to his clients. I was very good at getting his tasks done. I was very coachable and he said, I want you to be on my real estate team. So that was the beginning of my sales career. And I I am a sales coach. Uh, I I pride myself on calling myself that because I see that so many people, um, they don't like the word sales. They, they fear it. And uh, it puts a lid on their potential of, of their income. And, and I'm a a lead generation expert. I got into real estate and I worked part-time and I made six figures in that first year. This was all the way back in 2000 and it was because I was very clear on serving people, service versus quote unquote sales. A lot of people don't like the word sales, so I call it service. And I continued to climb. I made multiple six figures. I actually became a sales trainer in a real estate office at age 25. And so in my mind, I was like, hey, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. If I keep this going... Um, I invested in real estate. I opened up a mortgage company. I had a sales team. I had a full-time staff. I had a gorgeous office. I was building my dream home. It was a million-dollar home. and, And this time I was living in Phoenix, Arizona. And sure enough, I had from 2006 to 2007, I basically went from the highest high to the lowest low. I was blindsided. I lost Everything. My business partners skipped town. I was left holding the bag. I had my bank accounts cleaned out. I was taken to court. I had my wages garnished. I was left literally with nothing, and I was so scared and I was so devastated. Here I was thinking I'd be, you know, this this millionaire, philanthropical person. And now I had nothing left to my name and creditors were calling me 20 to 30 calls a day. Cause I had so many, you know, different um, aspects to my business and sure enough um, I couldn't pay my phone bill. So my phone got shut off. And before you know it, it was the day before my 30th birthday I uh, had moved on to Southern California to sleep on the floor of my brother's studio apartment. Um, Cause he was really the only person I felt I could trust at that time. It got that bad and my car got repossessed the day before my 30th birthday. So here I was, I didn't have a car. Um, I didn't have a cell phone, although my brother, who happened to work for AT&T at the time, he, he helped me, um, got me uh, a prepaid phone. And I was able to get also a landline through him. And I had barely scraped enough cash to pay for my internet bill. Otherwise, I was living on the kindness of friends which was very hard for me because up until that time, I didn't like asking for help. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to do it all myself, but I was very humbled. I I also got really, really sick, as you can imagine. It was um, depression, anxiety. I had severe digestive issues. For me, um, when I get stressed, it goes right to my gut. And um, I, I had to fight for my life, to be honest. I had even suicidal thoughts. And I was scared. But I found people um, when I opened myself up to asking for help, when I opened myself up to learning how to sell from home. So you kind of see the the similarities here to 2020 is I was in my own self-imposed pandemic. There wasn't a, a global pandemic, right? So it was also hard on me because there was no bailout for realtors. Um, You know, I didn't get any help. Like uh, in America, we do have, you know, some some assistance from the government and helping people through the pandemic. Well, I got I got nothing. And I had to build rebuild all over, never having done any kind of Internet marketing, any kind of uh, coaching or anything virtual. But I did it. I created my first coaching course. I started speaking. I wrote a couple of different books. I even taught a college course. I met my husband. I started a family. And then at the end of the back end of that, it took me five years to recover my health. Uh, and I, I was able to get to healthiest version of myself by 2011. So fast forward to today, you know, I went through the journey, you know, of motherhood. I, I sold for a lot of other companies. I was recruited and highly sought after because of my sales skills. But then 2020 hit. And I even though I had learned some online skills back in 2007, 2008, I, I didn't believe online was my place. Uh, I was more of a face-to-face, belly-to-belly salesperson, meeting in person, closing the deal, having the in-person speaking engagement, all of the things. So I don't want to let you guys believe that I, it was all roses for me in 2020 either. I I had to figure it out. I had to go from 100% offline sales to basically almost 100% online sales. And so being coachable, knowing what I learned back in 2007 and 2008, you know, my, my key three tips for you guys or what I took away from 2007, 2008. Number one, don't be afraid to ask for help. So in 2020, I hired not one, but two coaches to help me pivot and pivot as fast as I possibly could, because I have two kids and a husband who now we, we both were forced to work from home. We couldn't travel anymore. Both of our children had never been homeschooled before they were seven and 11. Oh, by the way, we had just actually relocated from, from Minnesota to Southern California. So our kids were actually going through a kind of an emotional journey. They didn't have a lot of friends. Their birthdays parties were canceled because of the pandemic. So we had a lot of things to juggle on top of that. I had, um, two family members die unexpectedly. My brother, who was only 49, and my mom died right after him. I'd like to say it was probably because of a broken heart. And both of those deaths broke my heart. So I was also juggling grieving. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are struggling with lost loved ones and, and maybe lost jobs. Maybe you feel like you lost your mind. So it goes back again to, had I not done step number one and asking for help, I don't know if I would have had, I I humbly say 2020 was probably my best year ever um, from a financial standpoint, because number one, I asked for help. I got the right support, the right mentorship, the right guidance. Number two, you know, I was able to pivot through the online world and embrace podcasting for the first time. It's so cool to be on this show. I'm a brand new podcaster. I, I launched in July. But I was able to learn new skills. You know, that's tip number two. I was able to learn new skills and be able to embrace the opportunity to go from asking help knowing nothing about podcasting, also nothing about email lists and email campaigns, nothing about landing pages. And I embraced all of that. And that helped me incredibly from a financial perspective. I had to learn a lot. Um, But then three... Was I was able to also create a tribe by having my own tribe online and through my email list campaign. Um, I was able to create leverage and be able to f- juggle this new normal. Be able to go through my grief therapy with my therapist. To be able to still homeschool. I'm not great at it, <laughs> but I enjoy now being able to spend some more time with my husband, my kids. And those are the big three takeaways that I learned from 2020. And I'm, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still pivoting. Um, but those three things are kind of my takeaways and what I want to inspire your listeners with today. So thank you for allowing me to share all that.
1: You are welcome. It's a wonderful story. And I can relate to a lot, especially when you spoke about your gut being the most impacted part of being stressed or being in a crisis, which... Is somewhat of a hereditary thing in my family, so I have to be careful about stress turning into ulcer or whatever that mm. correct thing would be. Then you mentioned something important, which is people don't like the word sale, uh, the using the word sales, mm. and that you know you use instead sometimes being of service. I think you mentioned that well. Can you speak about what blocks or limits or limitations, limiting beliefs people might have about sales, especially business people? What perspective do you have that corrects this? And why and how is sales so important? Because I remember actually the first time I spoke with you, I said, look, sales without it, businesses will fail. Let's share your own perspective on what selling is, what are the fundamentals so that it's demystified and therefore not an unknown and not a taboo or a negative thing in the minds of the listeners and of people in general.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's, man, I could probably talk hours on that (laughs) alone. And, and here's here's my perspective. And, um, you know, I'll cover as much as I can. And we might be able to go back and forth. If you want me to go deeper, please, please ask. But what I discovered and, and it's probably because I grew up on a farm. So I want to give you my kind of my perspective. I grew up on a farm, was raised by a single father. OK. And he we had uh, fallen on hard financial times. We were never, you know, never wanting um, but we didn't have a lot. You know, my mom was diagnosed schizophrenic decades ago, and she could never really be a, a good mom. She was in and out of the hospital, in and out of the mental institution. She she gave a lot of medical debt to my dad. So he did everything, everything. in And on top of farming, he tried to, you know, he did door-to-door shoe sales, right? And I, being the youngest of four, since we didn't really have babysitters and things of that nature, a lot of times I would go along on my dad's sales calls or farming Um, conversations. And I saw how he made it about the relationship versus the transaction. And he was consistent and persistent. Being a farmer, he worked 365 days a year. He never had a day off, although it it is what he loves to do. I, I coach a lot more on balance now and time management as well. But at the end of the day, he loved what he did and he loved being of service. And so I saw that as it's so easy for me to make phone calls. It's so easy for me to connect with people. I did start out in real estate. I did door knocking. I did do cold calling, but I, I didn't have f- so much fear around it. It was an opportunity to serve someone. So I I may have had a little fear, but I what I see stopping people is that that fear of rejection, that fear of interrupting someone else's day. That belief, and it's a limiting belief, that they may not have value to give to that other person, so why should they listen to me? My dad believed he had value and passed that on to me. I believe I have value. I believe anybody who has a service or a product to sell, as long as you believe in that product or service and you're doing good by that other person, there's no reason you you don't deserve a limitless income because sales is the highest paying profession. So sometimes it's that fear of rejection. Sometimes it's a fear of asking for money. Some people have scarcity and money issues. And I I would be lying if I didn't say that there was times where I had that as well. One second.
1: This is beautiful. But I would like, let's track back to the previous one, which is that every service provider has value as long as they're being ethical well do you have any stories of people you have helped who said oh my god thank you if you did not basically in other words sell to me i wouldn't have had xyz or someone who you helped with their sales skills and sales abilities that succeeded in a way where their clients send them grateful uh, gratitude messages every day and things like that, so that we have more concrete, personal anecdotes that show, okay, maybe you don't believe in your uh, value right now, but actually, other people who didn't believe neither, (laughs) after they tried it, they found that people are so grateful and so impacted.
0: Awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm glad. I'm glad you interrupted me because uh, as it's funny because as a salesperson, facts tell, but stories sell, right? So I have two beautiful stories really quick that were actually in 2020. Uh, I started with a gal who worked for a credit card merchant services. She was a lead salesperson. So that means she not only was selling you know, her credit card merchant services, she was also recruiting other people. So I do work with sales teams as well. And I love working with that leader because it's the leader that impacts the rest of the sales team. And so I shifted her paradigm around the word sales. And we, we came up with a, a plan and a strategy. I, I call it the mindset of a fearless salesperson. And she went out, she got more sales in less time, and she was able to create that same duplication. I spoke to her sales team and did just one training, but she got it since she worked with me one-on-one. She not only increased her income during the pandemic, her sales team increased their income, and she was able to accomplish some major personal goals. She, Even though she was in her 40s, she had never purchased a home in her entire life. And it was a dream that she had on her vision board for 2020. And we set that dream at the end of 2019. So that's the power of setting a vision and casting that and going after it with a fearless selling of service mindset, mind you, right? I shifted her paradigm with that. She went out and she bought her first home in the midst of a pandemic, which might seem not possible because I've heard a lot of stories of people, you know, unfortunately, like I did, I lost homes back in the Great Recession So she was able to have, quite honestly, her best year ever personally and professionally because she was able to see sales from a service and value standpoint instead. So that was one story. Do you mind if I share one more?
1: Go ahead. This is your platform because I believe you have so much value to offer. So I'm here not to be like some guests, uh, some hosts, or try to be smart and show off. I'm here also to take notes and enjoy what you have. Share all you have and focus on the stories that will really move us on the emotional level. Because like you said, yes, facts, well, the thing about facts, people don't remember them, but stories Mm -hmm. stay with us forever. And I intend for people to have permanent change and one story I remember there was a study actual study where they had 50 scientific facts about one thing that proved it beyond the shadow of a doubt then they had one story that was emotional that opposed and contradicted all those scientific facts and proof and people believed the story more than those 50 uh, preponderance of scientific proof so to me, I want the listener to be impacted, not just to fill their brain with good info that maybe later on they just see a, an inflammatory tweet and then it goes out, of, out their heads and they focus on the emotions, but the stories, that stays. So please share.
0: I love it. Awesome. My pleasure. Well, one of my most poignant stories from 2020 was I met a gal online because, again, that's where everybody's at. Right. One of the things I had learned is I I had to pivot because more before I was more offline lead generating and prospecting. So I met a gal inside of a Facebook group. She was from Mexico and Mexico got hit really, really hard with the quarantine and the pandemic. And she was a musician, a classically trained violinist and a travel agent. She was also not only supporting herself, but her mother And she would be sending her mom money in order to help her because she was, you know, aging and retired and and not doing well financially. So she was really, really stressed out when we met. We had a a call on WhatsApp and it was right in the, the beginning. So it was probably late March. And she was beside herself because both industries, as you can imagine, travel and then an orchestra, you know, in person performing were shut down and it was going to be so for months at least till June and then of course it ended up being through the end of the year. And so she met me. She was never a salesperson before, mind you. In her mind, she was musician and a travel agent and she had never really done online sales. Everything was offline just like it had been for me. And so we had a conversation. We worked on her mindset I got her into one of my affordable coaching programs because, again, she didn't have a lot of money. And the long story short, within probably by July or August, she was actually a guest on my podcast sharing her story. She had nearly tripled, tripled her pre-COVID shutdown income and actually even had gotten creative and started a third business. And she became a digital musician. Uh, she's now inspiring musicians all over the world, and she also, believe it or not, was able to get her travel business back up and running with our sales um, online sales methodologies that I teach with my my sales formulas. And have some. I love it.
1: One thoughts. second, I might contradict myself now, and I'm not really. But for people, you know, to understand because when you use each time you use the word sales and you put the effect, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people will imagine a sleazy salesman making more money, which is not really true, but it's because of the subconscious biases and limiting beliefs. So can you, even if not without stories, like can you give a clear and simple definition what sales is and like an overview without too much details of what does sales involve or what is the process that an ethical and good and like the kind of salesperson that you teach Follows, so at least we have this foundation, and when you yeah. speak about the successes, some people will not be thinking, "Oh, of course i 'm sure you are just pushing the door in front of their faces and just putting yourself there and being aggressive and etc So I know you 're kind, I know that 's not your style, so can you please define terms first?
0: Oh, I would love that, thank you, thank you for allowing me to coach because that's I come from a you know I, I've coached runners and athletes and health and fitness and salespeople, so I come from this place. that I really love to teach. Uh, so, first things first, when you're when you're connecting with someone, you it's really about hard heart centered service sales. Okay, I'm going to save that again. Heart centered service oriented sales. So when I say sales, I don't want to say all of those words, right? Cause that's a mouthful. However, if you're leading with your heart and again, that's where the belief in yourself, the belief in your product or service, that's what I call the fearless sales mindset is really coming from that place of heart centered serving. Okay. So that's step number one is focusing on that mindset. And then when you come from that grounded heart centered place, Step number two is how are you conversing with people? Remember, you have to take 2020 for, you know, in the context that 2020 is, when you're connecting with people online, like just like you connected with me. Um, We connected at the heart level and you came from a service-oriented place and here we are today, right? It's about forming that relationship. And I, I don't know if you've heard of this acronym, but FORM is actually an acronym that I teach my clients and anybody can use this, it's super simple. You know, number one is when you're connecting with someone in a a chat room or even if it's maybe a Zoom networking event, first ask them, you know, not just what do you do, right? How is your family? That's the F, family or friends. uh, Those are the kind of things that people love to talk about because they're so proud of their family. They're so proud of their friends and their relationship and it shows that you care more about them Than the quote-unquote sale, right? That's where the, the sleazy, pushy sales person would go right for the jugular, right? They'd be like, hey, here's my link. Here's my product. Here's my service. Buy, 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 right? This is all about the transaction as opposed to the heart on the other end of the computer, right? So forming that relation starts with how's your family. Then the O, how is your career? How is your occupation? That's what O stands for. Checking in because you don't know if they just lost their job or their spouse just lost their job or going back to the family. Maybe someone was just diagnosed with COVID. Maybe, maybe someone died. I was in the midst of losing my brother. My brother just died. And I had a guy who was sending me messages on Facebook. He didn't ask me even how I was doing. It was, hey, you want to join my team? Here's my link. Watch this video, right? And I finally had to block him because I was in so much pain and I was I was grieving and he didn't even seem to care. I'm, I'm sure if he knew what was going on, he would have he would have calmed down. But I even had messaged him back and said, hey, now is not a good time. I didn't say why, but he could have said, well, what's going on? I'm so sorry. Is everything OK? You know, again, coming from that human, spiritual, heart centered connection is so, so important, even online. So you never assume everything is okay. You check in with their family, their occupation. R is another letter where you, you don't have to do it, but you could say something casual like, how is your weekend or what are you doing this weekend? That's recreating. What is what do they like to do for their hobbies? That all falls under the R question, really just connecting with them. And then the M of form, that relationship is what is your mission? What is your message? essentially. What is your passion or your dreams, your goals, your hope for the future? And I've used that acronym, sorry, acronym ever since I was in real estate, every single industry that I've sold for, every company that I sold for, and now, especially in the times of the pandemic, when you're coming from that heart-centered, connected place, people, again, you've heard this phrase before, I'm sure, is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care And to me, that's the definition of heart-centered, service-focused sales. And when people see you for you, and they see your heart, and they feel that energy over the email, or over the messenger, or over, over the Zoom, it's all about energy, right? People feel that, even if you're not in the same room. They know you're authentic. They know that you really care about them, not the money on the end, on the back end. And then guess what? They will give you a lot of money. And, and that's how I helped um, these two examples that I shared with you, especially the gal from Mexico, because she was really scared. She she had never really been a salesperson in her mind before. So we had to work through that and helping her understand that she had value and she was a caring person. And once she shared that caring uh, personality with people, she she was able to, like I said, triple her income. So that's, that's the, Wonderful. the simplest part. Thank
1: you. No, I'm not trying to stop you, but there is something. And this could be a hard question, and I like it so that I would like to know your answer to this. Look, human beings, people, the mind, it works based on patterns. And what some people say about starting with kindness, which is very good and I support it. I'm not saying, but I'm playing the devil's advocate so that you answer it. They say, look. If you begin with kindness and then suddenly you have to tell them about money and payment, you are breaking a pattern and therefore it will just work that it will (laughs) scramble the expectations in people's brains and therefore it will not work because it's not congruent or consistent. But if from the beginning they know, okay, you have something to sell, then When you ask for the payment, it's not shocking or unexpected, and therefore it's more likely to work. Well, other people will say, of course, but if you lead with a sale, that's the only thing that you value in people. And they feel like objects and uh, walking ATMs and wallets, and that's not humane. So to you, how do you answer either or both of those especially the ones that say look if you're so nice and friendly and people don't really know that you will ask them for a sale when it comes time to do it it's like too incongruent or shocking or it seems like you began with a hidden agenda when that is revealed so how would you answer this
0: wow that's a great question and it you know it's really part of what i call my my kofi sales formula principle number three it's still about building your tribe I have a lot of conversations. I usually have a goal um, to, to talk to five to ten people a day. Okay, so that's that's one example of what I do and what I encourage my clients to do. You you go out and you have a goal. Yes, you want to be making sales, you want to be making money. However, you're sorting and sifting those relationships and pre-qualifying them at the same time. I don't sell to everybody. Not everybody is your ideal client. Not everybody is my ideal client. So I'm just as much as I'm forming that relationship, it's also essentially an interview. Do you, in the back of my mind, in the back of my client's mind, do you see a potential relationship with this person being either a, a customer or be even better yet, a referral partner. So for me, it's all about strategic alliances and making sure that this is even the right person that fits my, my ideal avatar, you've probably heard that phrase, or ideal customer, okay? So I'm sorting and sifting along the way. And then if I feel like there's a good connection, if I feel like legitimately I, or I tell my clients this, Is there value that you believe you have to give that person? Do you have a free gift? Do you have a lead magnet? Do you have a a free consultation? Do you have a Facebook community? Right? So there's strategy that is, you got to follow up with strategy. You're not just sell, sell, sell. You're not, that's not the goal. So I get them into my, either my my free Facebook community, my positive, supportive, healthy and wealthy and wise. It's actually my podcast community. So I can give value, give value. It's like Gary Vanderchuk wrote that book, Jab, Jab, Right Hook, you know, give, give, ask, give, give, ask. And most sales happen on the fifth to 12th contact anyway. So I make sure again, intuitively, is there value? Is there a potential relationship here? And then I take them down my process. So I have... Uh, eight step process that I teach my clients. And it's all about nurturing the relationship, giving value, asking for the sale at the appropriate time. And, or if they don't want to buy from me or there's no potential there, I don't push, right? I give and I take it away. I'll even say, Hey, you know what? Abdulaziz, if, if you found someone who is struggling with their sales, right now amidst this pandemic do you have anybody that you would refer them to as a resource and let's say you said no i'm just gonna pretend that you said no then i say great i would love to be your resource could i add you to my email list would that be okay or do you want to be inside my facebook community just so you can continue to be inspired be encouraged and receive value about sales and improving your sales mindset. And there's always a few different words. It depends on the person. I'm just using that one example. And if they say, yes, I would love to refer people to you, or yes, I'd love to be in your community, or yes, I'd love to be on your email list. Then I know I did my job because again, it's not about sales. It's not about closing the deal on the first, second, third, or fourth or fifth touch, because I know that it can take more time more touches and more value given. And that's the system I have in place for myself and what I pass along to my clients. So I, I hope that answered the question. It's not selling to everyone. It's not being a sleazy salesperson. It's about courtship, right? If you, if you're married um, you probably didn't close them on the first date, right? (laughs) You did a little dance. You took them up that mountain of determining if you can, you know, if they have a need that you can fill and authentically closing the deal by asking for the sale at the right time.
1: Thank you. So to verify I understood correctly, you meet around 10 people per day and you're sifting through to find either the ideal clients or people who would be great referral partners. And what you do is you bring them into your sphere of influence as Andre Chapron would call it or your community where you keep adding value, understanding that the sale doesn't come until the sixth or eighth or more contacts. And then at the right time, only then you make them an offer to help them when they have shown a need and readiness to buy. Uh, Did I understand this correctly? 100%,
0: and this is a phrase I'll share with you and your audience. You wanna think like a hunter work like a farmer. I'll say it again. Think like a hunter work like a farmer in this analogy. What I mean by that is, you know, I grew up on a farm, so I saw my dad, you know, tilling the soil, planting the seeds, water, sunshine, and then there was a harvest. Right. And that takes time. So that's the analogy of the five to 12 touches. However, if I see that someone needs me today and they've, they've, they've made that clear, whether they verbalized it or I saw something in their messaging and I ask about them. You know, sales is all about asking and consulting questions and being curious. If it's the first, second, third or fourth touch, I have no problem asking for the sale even sooner. Again, because I have my own process, I have a duplicatable system that I use. So I always think like a hunter and work like a farmer. I don't give up on opportunities if it is, you know, potentially in those first 3 to 4 touches, I will still ask for the sale. However, it's it's got to be, you know, their timing and not me forcing it.
1: Yes, their timing and not you forcing it. And if there is anything that comes from my own perspective and experience is that look, yes, there is a stereotype of the overly aggressive salesperson, etc. But the other thing is, even if you're not that person, well, trying to close someone who's not ready, that is not something that will be a good experience for you or for them. So you have to be there to be a positive force in their life. And whether, when you sense and understand and inquire and probe and know that it's time and they are there looking and in that moment where they're ready to buy, then when you make an offer, you're a savior and the hero and the person who's coming to them to give them what they already have come to the place of deciding they wanted rather than convincing them. So that is actually my perspective. What is yours since you are specializing in sales? Does it work with what I said, or is it more nuanced or different or totally contradictory?
0: No, no, a hundred percent. I um, if if we had a visual, I could show you right now. But I have, I, I call it my eight by eight system. Um, I take everyone through that process that goes along with the hunting and the the farming analogy. But no matter what, it's all about their timing. Um, I I always always allow them to self discover. Uh, what is the best timing for them. Fortune's in the follow-up. It's the name of one of my courses. So you just have to have a system for that follow-up. And I believe he or she who follows up the most will always win in sales, especially if they're coming from that service-oriented, heart-centered place.
1: This is great, actually. I am a very calm and cool and nice person. And one time in Twitter, someone was saying, oh, it's so nice. I have taken the people who didn't buy for uh, 90 days and I deleted them all from my email list to clean it. And I was like, no, that's such a lost opportunity. Follow up forever because we all have stories of people who even after three years or five years of not buying, suddenly they come and buy everything and become your best clients. Why do you deny them the opportunity? And secondly, I said, What if it's like the secondary fake email of someone important like Bill Gates or Elon Musk? You never know. So you're stopping connection with such people just out of thinking that to clean your email because some guru said every 90 days you should delete the inactive people who are not buying, uh, it's wise. Um, So people are saying, no, that's so bad. And if they didn't buy in 90 days, they're not interested, why do you bother them, et cetera, et cetera, And I said, well, you're adding value first. You're not bothering them. Second, they signed up. So they're not spam- getting spammed or anything. And third, maybe they knew they'll be interested next year and they joined today. How do you know? So follow up. But they were like, no, you're so wrong and uh, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I'm like, I don't know to me. It's a philosophical thing. Whether you are someone who will not lose any opportunity or you're someone who is willing to squander opportunities and that is a difference, uh, that is more philosophical. That was my answer. What do you view this? And I accept if you say, Abdulaziz, you're totally wrong. That is absolutely wrong. I accept and it's fine. I don't need you to be like, yes, because you're a guest here. Uh, (laughs) What is your perspective?
0: Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent. I, um, I do have a process. I call it the, I mentioned it earlier, but I didn't clarify what that meant. So I, I do have a sorting and sifting and qualifying process. I call it the ABCD effect. I do believe, uh, like you, I followed up with people for three years before they bought, uh, two years, you know, different times. It's not always on the fifth to 12th touch. It might be on the 24th or the 50th touch. And I'm more excited about the referrals anyway. If if they refer me, uh, you know, if they can become a good referral partner, right? That that's valuable or invaluable to me. Um, but going back to that A B C D, I, I sift and sort and see if I can move the needle up higher. And A is someone who's who's bought for me. Um, B is someone who says they're interested but they're not ready yet. And then a C is someone who just maybe got into the the funnel or the pipeline or into my community. And so the more touches I get to them, the easier it is to qualify them up the ladder faster. So I am still intentional about serving because I believe I can help them. I believe I can help them in ways that that they may not always even know, right? So I have free offers. I have really, really tiny offers so that if they wanted to spend just a tiny little bit of money with me, then I know that they're still interested and I can move them up that ladder towards towards an A. And then there's the times where um, there is a phrase in sales, and sometimes people might be offended by this, but we say we follow up until they buy or die. And I, I don't mean that in a morose way, okay? especially in light of everything that's happened in the past 12 months, but I say I follow up until they buy or I delete them. That's the D of the ABCD. If I find that there's someone after I've done the the courtship or the dance of finding out if I feel like I could serve them or they could at the very least be a referral partner, maybe I don't like their, their attitude or maybe I feel like I'm absolutely not at all um, a part of their tribe, I will delete them. The, the D stands for delete them from my list forever um, if they come back into it for one reason or another that's great. But I'm all about sorting, sifting, and qualifying, and being intentional, and moving up up to an A, um, you know, in a shorter, compressed time frame. But absolutely, I believe in follow-up for years, because I'm not going anywhere. I-, I know I can be a resource for five years, 10 years. Whenever they're ready, I'll be there for them.
1: I love it. And if you said, I'm not going anywhere, it suddenly reminds me, I was reading the newsletter from Greg Garber, who does the seductive selling thing, and it's different, it's not like really about sales, it's more about uh, copywriting. And in there he says, well, spammers and people who have shady intentions are there for a short time and gone. So just by sticking there and staying, following up for longer, you are proving that you are an honest person, because you're showing that you have longevity and." consistency and staying in there. And to change the subject, as a final question, two things. One, you spoke more than once about the importance and the value or how invaluable it is to have a referral partner. Can you comment on this? Why is it so valuable so that people understand the value there? And second, any concluding remarks to leave Uh, My audience with, as well as links so that they can find you discover more about what you're doing What you're up to and maybe check out your products.
0: Oh, yeah, you're so sweet In fact, I have a free gift for your audience as a thank you for you having me on here I'd love to share with your tribe also if that's okay Perfect Okay, cool so Going back to your um, your question, uh, and uh, forgive me, I want to make sure I answer it correctly. Can you repeat your question one more time? I was taking notes, so I made sure I said everything and then I lost track of your um, the no final problem. question.
1: No it, problem. It's simple. I just talking about referral partners. Why are they okay. so invaluable? And then after that, any concluding remarks or thoughts you have, as well as the gift and the links.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, I've been in uh, business for 22 plus years, and ever since day one, um, and, and I have to say thank you to my mentors and coaches out there because they, they taught me this, and I actually wrote a book entitled No One Succeeds Alone, and there's, there's John Maxwell who said teamwork makes the dream work. And so I found out very quickly when I was in real estate, and still fast forward to today, It's so much easier to have referral partners because they know your last customer before you do. They can save you time and money. They can make you time and money. So what I mean by that is, for example, when I was in real estate, I had a mortgage person, I actually had two, I had an insurance agent I had a, a, you know, different um, home stagers, I had home warranty people. And I had a conversation with them when I found someone that I really, really jived with. And I felt like, you know, our values were like minded, we gave good service. Sometimes I would test them and see if they would be in my top two or three of those categories. And I would say, hey, I really like you. I like what you do. If you had someone who said, hey, John, we'll just say his name is John. I'm looking for a good real estate agent. Do you have anybody that you could recommend? Who would that be? And could I apply for that job? And if I was direct and professional, they really liked that. You know, I paid them a compliment. It was sincere and I was some of the top referral partners with all of those industries that I never really had to spend a lot of money on marketing. I got, I I did never, believe it or not, in real estate, I never worked nights or weekends and I still pride myself on that now. I am a huge believer that balance is possible because I care about my family and I wanna enjoy this life and create a life by design. And so those referrals that come in, I didn't have to pay money for. And in fact, in some cases, um, I could even give referral fees or you know different situations so they get compensated for their referrals that doesn't happen in every industry and it's what i do still to this day because leverage and get having you know mastering my time is super important to me so now i i do affiliate partnerships i do joint ventures so that again everybody's making money together the referrals are usually pre-qualified so i don't have to worry about it you know if this person fits my tribe or if, if they're already pre-qualified as a referral, then usually I can close them 100% of the time as opposed to a, a colder lead or someone who may not know me and it needs to take them through that A, B, C, D process. So again, it saves me time, makes me more money. It, it's a, an exchange of energy flow, um, deeper relationships and bonds happen as a result and then I'm that person's number one, in this case, in day and age, I'm a sales trainer. So I'm that person's number one resource and I can make a lot more money and again, have more, more balance in my life. So those are the, and there's different, I actually coach on it. Um, if someone is struggling with how to ask for referrals, I can help people with scripts and how to develop a referral rewards system. I also have affiliate partnership programs. Uh, I, I love being a resource for people. So if anybody out there in your audience that has questions about how to build affiliate partnerships or joint venture things, um, everyone makes more money that way. And it's a lot more fun. Um, everyone succeeds together. So that's, that's what I mean by referral partners and, and how it's really impacted me across all the industries that I've been in in the last 22 years. And then um, as far as final closing remarks, I love to share my one of my favorite quotes um, from Jim Rohn that I, I, I sort of uh, doctored it up a little bit um, because of all that's happened in 2020 and going back to what I experienced in a lot of loss and in my homelessness and basically fighting for my life and rebounding and coming back again. And I know you've had that experience back in 2007. Um, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn and it was, discipline your disappointments discipline your disappointments, which is huge, right? Because how many salespeople or or if you've lost your job this year or this past year, maybe your sales are down. Maybe you got sick. Maybe you got diagnosed with COVID-19. Maybe something happened that you didn't expect, right? That happens almost every day. And if you don't learn how to discipline those disappointments, you can really, really hold yourself hostage and self-sabotage yourself all the way to the bank. So being an outside observer, disciplining your disappointments. And then I added to Jim's quote by saying, and never give up. Never give up on your goals. Never give up on your clients. Never give up on your dreams. Never give up on your health. Whatever it is that you may be struggling with right now as you listen to this, um, just remember those words. Discipline your disappointments and never give up. And then, um, the final thing, the links, um, my gift to you guys today is actually uh, twofold. Um, I'll make sure you get the links as well for your show notes, but the, the two websites that I'll, I'll talk about really quickly. Number one is since I'm so passionate about uh, sales and time management, lead management, and how they all come together in your daily life and how you keep moving forward, I created a free um, document. It's a it's a twofer, meaning there's two components to it, and it can be found at www.dailycompassandguide.com. And again, I'll make sure you get that for proper spelling. But that is my time and lead management. Uh, PDF document that you can download, and it, it talks about mindset on it. It talks about time blocking and how to get your sales calls in, how to get your family time in, how to get you know, your reflection time in, all of the dollar productive activities also inside of there. And then the second document is a lead management sheet, how to track your prospects, how to do that sorting and sifting and qualifying. And then I follow up with videos on how to use them, how to follow up with excellence, how to build those relationships. And then of course it does mean you'll get into my email list, be a part of my tribe. And I'm happy to share that with you guys for free. And then my other gift to you guys today does have a promo code, um, but it's my, it's my um, uh, online email list and tribe building course. Uh, Normally it's $37. It's a four hour course on, Uh, Some of the components we talked about today on how to master the mindset, how to pivot from offline sales to online sales, how to do it without feeling pushy, how to do it with excellence, how to build an email list or a tribe if you prefer, you know, Facebook community, either one. Um, Those are kind of my specialties as Facebook communities and email communities. And then, of course, how to start that process of building that list and then monetizing it forever through fortune in the follow-up email campaign so i'll get you that promo code it's list build all caps so l-i-s-t like tom build short for building list build all caps and the website is list build with lois.com so so you don't have to pay that 37 dollars my gift to you guys for tuning in today and being a part of this amazing
1: podcast thank you so much it was a pleasure and i will make sure to put the links in the description so uh, please send them to me in text and i will write the promo code as well as the link it was a pleasure we could go on forever but hey good (laughs) things must come to an end so i wish you a great day and goodbye
0: thank you so much appreciate it Mm